Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, everybody. It is Drags. Mike Petralia back with season number four, episode number one of the Jungle Roar podcast on CLNS and powered by a brand new advertiser here to the CLNS Media Network and the Jungle Roar podcast. That would be Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. So welcome aboard Prize Picks and welcome aboard James Rapine. What a more appropriate guest there would be. There isn't one. There isn't a more appropriate guy to start off season number four than Mr. Know-it-all of the Bengals beat, James Rapine. Wow. Wow. There we go. Now that's an introduction. Yeah. You take your first shot at me. That's okay. I'm going to be taking (laughs) shots of you. Uh, Believe me. Offline, you have had your share, my friend. You have your share. It's all right. You're the one who had me on your pod. Now it's going to be all about Trags. Oh, I covered the Patriots. Okay. All right. I'm coming for you. I'm happy to be here, Trags. It's officially. It is great to have you on kicking off season number four. Of the new league year starts now, no doubt. Yes. All right. Uh, the news of the weekend certainly was not a shock, but it still was news. And that was T Higgins uh, getting franchised by the Cincinnati Bengals being informed. I believe it was on Friday. Ian Rappaport, the first to report that. And then on Monday, the Bengals made it official. I did think it was interesting that in the official statement from the team, they included a quote from Zach Taylor saying, we look, and I'm paraphrasing here, we're looking forward to having him on our team going forward in 2024. I just found that interesting. Did you? I guess. I guess, I, I mean, not really, no, because he's going to be on the team. He's not traded? Because be- there there is that theory that they could trade him, sure. they could tag if, and trade him. If the Bengals call oh. me, in in hire me today t higgins is traded okay that's that's the point i'm trying exactly no doubt no it's an option i just don't think it's really an option for them unless they're overwhelmed you know i've been around this team too long and they value t higgins and yep i think they they look at him as a piece that for one year is worth 21.8 million dollars that for Mm -hmm. one year when the cap is 13 million dollars higher than they potentially plan for, but certainly then some plan for, and maybe they knew that was happening. Right. They might look at it and say, oh, well, that's that bonus cap money. And so this direct cap hit for one year of T doesn't hurt us. And here's the other element to this that I, I want to hammer home early yep. in this pod when it comes to T tracks. They could tag him again next year. And this is where David Mulligetter better be careful because they didn't value Jesse Bates the position enough 
to go back-to-back tags. They may value. If T. Higgins has 1,300 yards this year for $21.8 million, why wouldn't they look? And they have a ton of cap space in 2025. And yeah. that'll change with some extensions and signings, but they still are going to have plenty of cap space. Why wouldn't they say, oh, well, T's worth $26 million. We'll tag him for that 100% plus a, a kicker, so to speak, for, for another year. And then you get two more years of prime T. Higgins for, what, $47 million guaranteed? A four-year contract, they may be asking for more cash flow than that over the next two years. And so if you're the Great Bengals, point. Why, why go to that point when you don't necessarily need to, when you hold the cards and you know how much it's going to cost to tag him next year so you can prepare for that accordingly if he does go out there and have a great season? I think that's an outstanding point, and I think you wrote this and I wrote this. We both said this over the weekend. This was always going to happen. T. Higgins getting franchise was always going to happen because he was the one player uh, – not under player control without a tag uh, that they value the most. Jamar Chase is obviously still under team control, so he doesn't need to be tagged. So uh, this was the one player I think that they had their eyes on tagging all along. It was going to happen. But in your estimation, what are the odds that they get a long-term deal with him done based on what you just said and what you just uh, illustrated there? Highly unlikely. It's it's highly unlikely. I I think – I think they want to. I don't think that they're going to view T. Higgins as someone that they need to break their second year guaranteed money for. And so T's, T has $21.8 million guaranteed right now. Does he want to st- sign an extension where it's like $30 million guaranteed or $32 right. million guaranteed? His agent's going to tell him no. And are the Bengals willing to guarantee him right now $50 million, $55 million over a four-year deal. There's your stalemate. That's where it is. It's not necessarily average annual value. I think they would pay him $23 million. It's the cash. It, it's it, not that they don't have cash. It's them wanting to guarantee. By the way, they haven't guaranteed any of their any of their star players year two guaranteed money outside of Joe Burrow. Outside that includes of Trey Hendrickson. That includes DJ Reader. That includes, you know, Chidobe Awuzie and Mike Hilton and all these guys that they've had success with signing in free agency. Sure. They will break that with Jamar. But I think that's where it ends. Joe, Jamar, and then that's it. And that's why it's unlikely that a long-term deal gets done before July 15th. And we could see T. Higgins pulled out of most of training camp. And I, I get it. I do think he'll be back. I do think he'll play. And I think he'll be ready to go because he doesn't really have a choice. Hey, CLNS and Jungle War listeners. I want to tell you about an exciting daily fantasy sports platform called Prize Picks. What is Prize Picks? Well, it's the largest DFS platform in all of North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including some pros out there, you pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections and just watch the winnings roll in. Testing my skills on prize picks this basketball season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And if you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Prize picks 
is also really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. You can't beat that. Go to prizepicks.com slash CLNS and use code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash CLNS and use code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. I believe the cap space figure uh, now is about $74 million. If you uh, figure in the $30 million cap increase, a record bump uh, that all 32 teams received in cap space uh, for the new uh, NFL season, uh, that's a lot of dough, $30 million. How do you think that's going to impact the Bengals? Well, it impacts them a few ways. It, it impacts them. One, I, I think it just made it a no-brainer for them with T not that they Absolutely. weren't going to tag him, but it's just easier when you know you have more of it because you know him, you know, you want to invest in him, you know, you want to keep him. And so there's probably less pause there. I think it also means that a guy like Jonah Williams is going to get paid more than the Bengals are willing. And at the same time, I do think that the Bengals are going to have the money to add what I would do. And I've been saying, I think they will add at least two veteran defensive tackles. Mm-hmm. I think they will add one starting caliber offensive tackle that can play right tackle. And if I'm them, and I'm dead serious about this, and as we record this, Michael Nwenu from the Patriots doesn't have an agent, I would try to get Michael Nwenu. He's the best offensive lineman in this year's class. I think he's better than Jonah. He gives you more flexibility, has experience at both guard spots and right tackle. I would target him. I don't think they'll necessarily do that because they want to leave the tackle spot open, that offensive tackle spot, at least to a degree open for the draft in that 18th pick. So maybe they go after Jermaine Illuminor or Trent Brown. Who I think I think it's unlikely they go after Brown, but someone in that realm. But I would go after Nwenu. And, and I, I think he could get paid a lot. I also wonder without an agent if the Bengals could make that contract mighty, mighty interesting. You throw some cash at him year one. And who knows? Maybe maybe your two stalwarts at tackle this year could be Orlando Brown Jr. and Mike Nwenu. Given what Jamar Chase said at the end of the season, given how he wants to be paid and what I say, how he wants to be paid uh, over the getting money in his first two seasons, and you already mentioned that they don't really do that in year two, except for the franchise quarterback, do you think that they could use some of that cap, uh, cap space uh, to extend Jamar Chase long-term? No doubt. And that honestly, that's my fear. My fear is that the Bengals go into free agency like this, but know right here that they have this uno factor of needing certain amount of cap space that they want to right. put to keep that to keep their future flexibility. So use certain amount of it now on Jamar so his his cap hits aren't as bad down the line. That's what I, I get the I get that. the logic. I do. And they do that. They did it with Logan Wilson. They've done it with these guys where they'll They'll throw some cash at these guys when they sign that extension to just make it easier. And I love, I, I love the, the idea most of the time. But this year, if you're tagging T, Jamar's under team control. Like, I, I, I get not waiting because I think the receiver market's just going to continue to push forward. It's just like right, quarterbacks. Right. But 
don't wait for an extension. Don't save a bunch of cap space to get the extension time. This isn't a Joe Burrow extension where it's just going to be insane potentially for you. And they did a good job with that one. I think with Jamar, I want them to be pushing the limits cap-wise and figure out the Jamar thing when it gets figured out because they're not going to be able to get that done anytime soon. That'll probably go into camp if they get it done. Joe Burrow got done 72 hours before week one started last year. Yes. It was ridiculous. You know, it's sometimes these things take time because they're complicated and complex, and that's great. Don't save a bunch of cap space. I don't want them to have double-digit cap space remaining at going into the draft. I'll say that. Going into the draft. I think that's too much. I think it's too much. Here's the point I want to make, James. I am with you. I think the Bengals absolutely positively need to address right tackle in free agency because the recent history has not demonstrated that the Bengals will find an effective and reliable rookie starting right tackle. That is what would concern me as a Bengal fan is that given the recent history, in some cases they do develop players. Look, Jonah Williams turned in to, you know, borderline pro bowl right tackle. And he uh, certainly evolved into a very reliable uh, tackle on both sides of the line, but you don't usually expect that from a rookie. And I think it's, I think it would be, foolhardy to go into the draft saying we're going to draft our right tackle starting right tackle uh and and move forward like that and then the whole world also knows that that's what you're targeting at 18 and you know what i like in the draft especially early i like flexibility yep i like pliability i like to be able to stretch and move and duck and dodge and so if brock bowers is there i do the gritty on my way to the podium and i make the pick i don't even let roger get there i stiff arm him on the way and I make the pick because he's the best player available. And by the way, he will be if he's there. Uh, it would be the same thing if Malik Neighbors won't fall, but if he did fall, right. or Marvin Harrison Jr. or uh, Roma Dunze from Washington. Right. Like, if those type of weapons fall, and that's where Brock Bowers is, by the way. He's in that class. That's why I mentioned those guys who won't be there. None of those guys will be there. It needs to be flexible enough to where you maybe J.C. Latham is on the board. He's not Brock Bowers. He's not. And that's that's the, the part that I, I hope that they figure out and, and feel confident in. And maybe it's not Brock Bowers, by the way. It's not just a weapon. What if Jackson Powers Johnson has a top 10 grade on their board and they love him because he can play guard and center and they have a higher grade on him than they had on Frank Ragnow when they really wanted Frank Ragnow in 2018 right. and they got sniped because everyone knew they wanted Frank Ragnow. Well, be willing to take Jackson Powers Johnson and do what you need to do at tackle to free yourself up and give you that flexibility to do so. What about, uh, this leads us into the uh, draft combine, the NFL combine that's coming up this week in Indianapolis. You and I will both be there. Um, what are the priorities? If you're Duke Tobin and you're looking at the pool of talent, do you already have an idea of the kind of player you're looking for? Oh, for sure. And, and it does start with the offensive tackle class because I'm totally on board with drafting one at 18. In fact, outside of Brock Bowers, I hope the Bengals take an offensive tackle. I hope they find that stud offensive tackle to go along with Orlando Brown Jr. And I hope the guy they sign 
gets beat out by the rookie. I hope all of those things happen. But to your point, it's pretty unlikely. But no, I'm I'm looking forward to it because I think Amarius Mims out of Georgia, if he's there at 18, I I would love it as of now. I think he's going to be a top 10 pick after this weekend and after Georgia's pro day and after teams really get a look at him and realize the potential he has. I think he has the potential to be the best tackle in this class. Uh, Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma is interesting. I think he's going to test pretty well and go through all these drills and look look the part. Could he work his way into that 18th range? Who knows? I think it's interesting. Uh, a guy who's in a lot of mock draft simulators, another offensive tackle that I'll be paying attention to in mock draft simulators, he's a day two guy, late round two, early round three. Kingsley Suomatea out of BYU. Mm-hmm. We're going to hear a lot about him this weekend. He's going to test really well, and I think he's going to work his way into the top 40 picks or so. And, and so he might not be on the Bengals' radar necessarily or realistically because he'll be gone before they pick in round two. But those are some of the names I'm looking forward to, to looking at. But, no, I think he's – I think they will be staring at the offensive line, staring at offensive tackles, and trying to figure this out because I, I don't think that there are many options. If they don't go after Michael and Wenyu, I think they necessarily will. I think they they will dra- address offensive tackle in the first two days of the draft. It's is it pick eighteen? Is it pick forty nine? Is it pick eighty? He is James Rapine. Does a phenomenal job, of course, covering the Cincinnati Bengals for si.com, allbengals.com, and of course the Locked On podcast. Um, James, when you're uh, studying up on the draft, what are the sources that you rely on the most? Whoa. The most? I, yeah, I, just because I think fans, you know, wonder how we as reporters and columnists and podcast hosts, mm-hmm. what do we rely on? What do we, what sources, rely is probably the wrong word. Yeah. What sources do we trust the most when I, we're, I think it's, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's such a mixture, right? So if you want to go traditional in a traditional sense, I think Dane Brugler Yes, is, I was just going to say. One. When the beast comes out, it's it's right there. I think Lance Erlon of NFL.com. I think Daniel Jeremiah. It, you listen to all of those guys. One, they're plugged in it, at, at a higher level. And, and so how they rank things, it's, it's interesting, especially if there's differences. And at the same time, I think now I, I've been looking at it long enough to where I can look at Amarius Mims and say, oh, he's going to go top 10. Maybe I'm wrong as of now. But you just start to get a sense and a feel for things of, of where guys could go, of, of who could be there, of who, who, who can't be there. And, and so part of it's sense and, and part of it's just reading and learning as much as you can. Like, I'll give you an example. Brian Thomas Jr., the LSU wide receiver, that no one's talking about in Cincinnati yet. If he runs a 4-3-5 at 6-4-2-15, he will be being talked about. In Cincinnati, and there will be people that say, "Ah, well, they—that's T. Higgins' replacement right there. Just take him at 18." And I think there's some truth to that that you could look at, and I think there are some differences. And is it worth it at 18? And could he go sooner than that if he runs a 4.35 at 6.4? T. Higgins doesn't run no 4.35, you know. So that's rare. So I think doing doing a bit of your own research, like with him, I literally typed his name into Twitter or X. And just started looking at clips, good, bad, otherwise. And and then you go from there and then you read about them. And you go from there. And I'm still, it's still really early. Like it, it sounds like I know everything about these guys. I don't. Uh, after the first 
60 or so picks, it starts to get a little more foggy. And then after that, it, so uh, at, even after the combine, I'll have a better feel. But I, I just, I, I think it's about consuming as much information as you can, talking it out with people that you respect draft wise. You know, Jake Lisko, my, my co-host on Lockdown Bengals, we talk about the draft every single day between now and the draft. Every day we will talk about something draft related. And so it just helps because he consumes stuff that I don't and vice versa. Joe Goodberry is a good source that I, I talk with regularly. Like, so whether it's friends, coworkers, obviously the draft media, we do it. We're going to do it at the combine. Sure. Mix all that together. And of course, with, with maybe hopefully some, uh, some NFL personnel as well this week. And that's how you get your, your draft opinions. Duke Tobin and Zach Taylor speak back to back on Tuesday in Indianapolis. Yep. What are the questions you want to ask them? You're going to use all that money, that cap money. You're going to spend up to the limit. No. Uh, well, I mean, that's a very fair, actually, that's a legitimate question because they have a lot of cap. I I'm sure that certainly Duke Tobin and the front office and, and Katie and obviously everyone who has a hand in uh, structuring the roster, everyone uh, is going to be discussing how much of that cap space should we be using? How much do we set aside? Let, let me, let me, uh, and I agree, by the way. I, I do think my approach to these, these big media functions, because I talk about the Bengals all the time, right? All yeah, the time. Sure. And I'm wrong a lot and I'm right some. And that's just part of it. I'll have like some ideas, but I also know what a lot of people are going to ask. And what I think is interesting is after I hear what they say, try to pick up on that, read, react, and then have a question. And so I go into it pretty blank canvas. Hmm. The, these where I'm not like, I have to hit this. I have to hit. This. I really don't. I don't feel that way because I don't have to hit anything. I, I don't. I, I could talk all day long about the draft, all day long about free agency, and I don't really have to. But what I want to know is how they're feeling about certain topics and i'll see based on what you guys ask and i may ask a question early i'm not saying i won't but see their reaction see how they react and then all right how can i ask something different how can i get a little bit more what's interesting to me about it? that's kind of how i approach it now obviously t higgins cap space uh the 18th pick the fact that they haven't drafted a defensive tackle since 1994 all of those things are there and they're in that that realm of hey you'd consider a defensive tackle right even though you haven't taken one since big Dan, big daddy Wilkinson. See, yeah. and the, I the hear answers, yes, they will, but they definitely will consider that. Yes, no doubt. But what do they look for in a defensive tackle? I think that's interesting because what they look for could mean that there's only one on their board in round one. Even could though be. everyone loves Johnny Newton out of Illinois and everyone thinks Byron Murphy uh, is potentially the top defensive tackle, the second best defensive tackle in this class. I don't know. And I think the Tavondre Sweat stuff is interesting because to me, he should be getting first round buzz. And it seems like he's falling out of top fifties because if he's there at 49 for the Bengals, I don't really know how you don't pick him. And, and so questions like that, and, and I can't come out and say it that way, but asking what they're looking for specifically at certain areas, what they prioritize at tight end, which he should just say number 19 from Georgia. Those are some types of, of things that I'll probably consider asking, but who knows? That may go out, all go out the door with, with new questions based on what they say. All right, we got to let you go. Uh, want to get one final read from you, and that is um, 
because it's all about Instagram and the hot takes uh, on social media. The picture of Jamar Joe, Sam Hubbard, and DJ Reader to get, together at the Suns-Lakers game. Fun, cute. What were your takeaways from that? Yeah, fun, fun, cute. It, clearly, they they like uh, the warm weather in Phoenix. I know Joe had a, a Fanatics event the night before, and so why not watch LeBron James? Why not watch uh, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker? And, and I know Joe has a really good relationship with, with Kevin and Devin. Both of those guys were at a Bengals game this past year, week two. Oh, that's right, yes. And, and, and so th there's ties there through Fanatics. But, yeah, I, I think it is cool. And, by the way, hopefully the Bengals can keep DJ Reader. I think it's tough because – long-term deal guy with coming off serious injury. I don't know how it works, but I like DJ, the human. I like DJ, the player. And I, I love DJ, healthy. the leader. No doubt. And so hopefully they, they can make it work. Um, and I think that's a big off season question. Will they be able to make it work with DJ reader, given the question marks, knowing how impactful he is, knowing how valuable he is in the locker room. I lean no, by the way, but, but I hope something does get done. That's fair for both sides. All right, he is James Rapine, does a phenomenal job covering the Cincinnati Bengals for allbengals.com, si.com, and be sure to tune in to Locked On Pod, uh, the Locked On Bengals podcast, the only daily podcast dedicated to the Cincinnati Bengals. Want to thank everybody for downloading this episode, the inaugural episode of season number four of the Jungle War podcast, powered by Prize Picks, the largest daily sports fantasy platform in North America. Until next week, I'm Mike Petralia. Keep that jungle roaring.